Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, a podcast presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars with regards to game design and publishing. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the fine folks at Double Exposure and their leading game design convention, Metatopia, from which all of these panels were recorded at Metatopia 2017. It's also thanks to the generous contributions of the panel speakers. Now let's get to the show. Episode 167, The Artist's Process. Game illustration from start to finish, presented by Jack Perra, Leslie Castile, and Lisanne Lake. So if we, let's start we with can introducing. Watch movies. Like, yeah, <laughs> we, we actually can. I have, I have a lot on here. Um, <laughs> and it does that stupid and thing. I, like I thought my, up. I don't know la- why. Lap- uh, my desktop was messy. Uh, probably can occur. Uh, let's start by introducing ourselves for any of us who haven't already gotten the introduction. Uh, you want to start? Okay, with I'm Lizanne Lake. I'm an artist. I've been a freelance artist for over 30 years now. Uh, 200 book covers, many, many gaming products, card games. I uh, started with Dragon Magazine. So uh, I know all the questions about the business. I know the old ways to do things. I know the new ways to do things. And I'll pass it to you, Scott. Um, yeah, I'm Scott Bowmanchester. I'm a part-time freelancer. I have to work a full-time job. Maybe that'll change someday, so. <laughs> um, but uh, I uh, do mural work, and I do um, cartooning, and I do, um, I designed one of the t-shirts for this, for, for Dexacon 18, and I many hands theater, so I have many, many hands in artistic stuff. My name is Jack Parra, I'm the Artist Alley Coordinator here. I've done stuff for Dexcon 15 and 16. I did the cover art. I've done a lot of work for uh, Metal Magic and Lore, which is a tabletop role-playing game. Um, I did stuff for card games uh, like uh, Conspiracy and Legends and Lies. If you were here for the last panel, the moderators were my clients for those. Um, Let's see, what else? And uh, I just recently finished a book cover for a 12-year-old youth novel, sci-fi, hockey, hockey versus aliens, and stuff like that. Novel uh, for 12-year-olds, I take it. Not what? A, it's a 12-year-old novel? No, no. F- for uh, 12-year-olds. For 12-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> Semantics. <laughs> Semantics are important. Yep. <laughs> um, I just finished the cover art and illust- interiors for that as well. Well, which uh, you will actually see some of the process of for today. Yeah, okay. and that's called the the uh, intergalactic adventures of the rainy river bees. Hey, I suppose everybody wants to know how to start. Okay, you have a product. Okay, do you know what you want illustrated? Do you send the artist the entire product and let them decide what to be illustrated? Do you pick a scene out or a design of what you want illustrated? Do you want the hero fighting a monster? Do you want a particular, do you want a dragon on the cover? Do you want a spaceship? You, the art director, has to decide what you want on the cover and how much creative freedom you want to give to the artist. Okay, do you have products? Do you have an example product of something you've done? Anybody? Quiet people? <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> okay, let's use him as yeah. an example product. Okay. What was your description for your the book? What um, did... Basically, he wanted... There's seven alien races, one that is like the real evil race, and they beam up these these uh, these kids because they're about the same stature as the aliens. The NHL players are too much bigger, so that's what that's the excuse for having it as kids. Um, and he's like, I want I want the the captain of the kids team and the main alien villain facing off, and I want some of the other team members in the background, and I want each of the alien races represented at the front of the crowd. 
So the first thing I did was I did, let me know if you can see all this. I don't know how sharp it'll be, but I did these thumbnail sketches. Now he told me right off that the author name, the author's name and my name were gonna be on the bottom corners and that the title would be towards the top. Mm -hmm. So I allowed for space for that. That's that's very important too mm -hmm. to, to tell us tell the artist where 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 you're gonna plan on putting lettering and stuff like that because then we can make adjustments to that area. Many times in a book, commonly the top third has to be dedicated mm -hmm. to empty space. None of the focal point. The focal point is what you want the person to look at first. Whether it's a dragon's head in this case, the two hockey players fighting. You don't want that covered by lettering. You yeah. don't want it in a color that clashes with your lettering, too. So I went and I did some thumbnail sketches from different views, and then I pared them down and sent him the ones I thought were the best. So, like, this one's from, a f from behind the defending goalie's view, and then there's the two of them in the middle, and the other goalie here. And this one, I had a side view where I had them facing the other way. So they're facing off this way. This is a closer up view of them. And then like this one is them really, really close together up front. And I'll show you the next one. You should see it better. Oh, no, that's this one. And then I refined them so we can see them better. Oh, here, here. So I, he picked certain ones, and I made them neater. And we talked about which he liked best, and he went with this one. Because it's this, probably because it's the strongest image. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And when I was showing him, I also put it in a prom prominent spot because <laughs> I wanted him. Because you know to that was the one that you really liked, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Generally, oh. people. Uh, who buy the books are humans so they want to see yeah. a human on the cover <laughs> yeah yeah so I mean when I did it when I laid it out I knew there was gonna be a lot of characters in it the aliens in the background and later we moved the title down to the actual boards that are on the end of the rank mm -hmm. um, and then I had the hockey sticks as a compositional element to draw your eye around the piece explain why it's a strong image um you can yeah the, the main characters are up front so they're right there in front of you the sh the angles of the sticks control where your eye goes so this curve tells starts me here and brings me up to here and then it brings me back down into here so it's basically Surf bringing forward. me around the image and circling mm. The main characters and we write to the title too and yeah and it goes mm -hmm. right to the title too and um, the illustration illustrates the title the rainy river bees you wouldn't yeah. realize what it is but from that you probably deduce that it's a hockey team so <laughs> intergalactic okay. adventures space yeah, exactly <laughs> So this one you can't see very well, but it's basically I just started pulling the perspective line. Yeah, down it's, the it's, it's a good, good idea of what mm -hmm. line, perspective lines take. Perspective lines just kind of make sure everything yeah. works right. Two-point perspective. And then I went into a more refined image where I started like really laying out the pose and everything like that. And I showed this to the author. This is a little rougher than I would usually show the author, but I know he was a graphic designer and he, mm -hmm. he understood everything, so I could use it to show poses. And this has a lot of characters and different poses in it, so I wanted to make sure that, that I had everything the way he wanted it. Here's a little more refined. Starts to shake shape of the mm -hmm. aliens. And you're I taking some, consideration of your bleed, too. Yeah, I'm taking into consideration yeah. the bleed, which is... The Extra... Uh, yeah, basically, mm -hmm. there's the live area and there's the bleed. The live area is everything you know is going to be printed. The bleed is something that might be cropped off during the printing process. It might be printed. Process. It might be cropped off. He might go around the lettering to get it exactly like he wants. Yeah, so you don't want to put anything important that's in the edges where it's going to get cropped off or it might get cropped off. 
And then I had some confusion about the shape of the alien rink. So I sent him this image with two different options and said, does it look more like this or does it look more like this? And that was just a quick email back and forth with the author, but it saved me a lot of time in the mm. end. Okay, here's the more refined pencils. Started to add things in. Stop, can I stop? Yeah. This is the stage you're going to see without the title. This is the stage you're most likely to see when you get an artist. This is the sketch stage. That's your full yeah. sketch? Yeah. Yeah. This is the point where you make changes. You don't make changes on the painting. You can ask what colors the artist is going to use. You can request certain colors be used at this point. But if you're going to make compositional changes, don't make them on the final picture. Make them here. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at the rougher stage that I sent him before, Notice this guy here? He's in a completely different pose than this guy here. And he made that before I went to the final image. Like I said, because he's an artist, I, I knew I could show him rougher pieces. What sort of features should we expect out of a full sketch? Um, like, for example, should we expect that it includes all of the details that will be present in the, the final piece? Like, I got that it, it's, it's compositionally complete, or rather mm -hmm. it, it needs to display the full composition. But what other sorts of things should we be making sure that are present in the sketch so as not to create confusion in the future? Pretty much do an exact representation of what the painting is going to look like for myself for sketches and stick to it as much as humanly possible for the yeah. final. At the point, I don't tend to do another sketch if the publisher asks me to add some details in. I just say, yes, I will add detail X, Y, and Z into the final when I do it. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a question. I sure. Just, um, the iterations of drawing. Um, are you creating um, multiple drawings that are, are almost identical? Are you using like transparencies, or are you... Um, are you redrawing the same okay. page over and over? Um, with something like this, I often, especially with a complicated composition where I know I'm going to be moving things around, I'll actually do a lot of sketching digitally just and, say, and, yeah. and move it around till it's in the right place. Mm -hmm. And then with this stage, I printed out the, the page full scale and lightboxed it onto um, I, good paper. And I then have an antique method. I do <laughs> sketches in a sketchbook and I tend to them out, paste them on, and move them around, and adjust yeah. the arms and things accordingly. This is a time-honored tradition yeah. from decades ago. Or, or my ago. cheap light box Cut is and paste. actually, actually put, yes. it on, put it on the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I go and I move them around, and my publishers will expect to see I, the really nice sketches I do in my sketchbook, glued on, extra pieces glued on, the detail in, pieces moved, you know, oh, I don't like that arm here, I moved it here, or drew another But digital arm. has, has yeah. made it Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I don't. Di um, when you do that digitally, it's literally called cutting and pasting. Yeah, for yeah. that reason. Yeah, because it's the because old. Because I cut it and pasted on. <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> it's the same process. It's just a matter of one. One's a, a physical process. Mm -hmm. One's a digital yeah. process. Mm -hmm. It's the same process. Whatever you're most comfortable with is the way to go. Yeah, I know some people would not like to sit there with the pieces of paper and. Dude, yeah. I'm totally comfortable with it, yeah. but it's like, ah. I used, <laughs> I used to use my light box for everything. Now I mm -hmm. use it for about half mm -hmm. what I used to because some some of the movement on the the computer just makes it quicker for me. Okay, I'm gonna point out before I'll get to you. before it's a matter of size. I tend to work bigger than Jack does. Yeah. So correct. The, yeah, you would. The bigger pieces, stuff, yeah. the cut and physical cut and paste allows me to have a full sky sketch. The smaller pieces, mm -hmm. the yeah. digital. Is yeah. the way to go. So if, to give a general idea, this piece here in in full size is about <coughs> 11 by 17. Mm -hmm. uh, two questions. One, real quick, is there an industry standard term for this sketch, or is it just called final sketch? It's final sketch. Final yeah. sketch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, my second question is, is the result of doing it digitally versus physically different for you? Especially mm -hmm. because you have those kind of contrasts, you find that digital makes a different end result. Uh, in comparison to the kind of stuff you would put out if you were just to do it? For me, it, it depends. I use, di with, ex with complicated compositions, mm -hmm. I often do digital just for the ease of moving it around. 
but all line work I ever do is traditional. Mm -hmm. I, I just personally prefer ink and brush on, or ink and pen on paper. Yeah. And I've, then I'll scan it in after. I prefer, I'd prefer to do something complex on the cut and paste because I could sit there and move it around and have, oh, this detail doesn't work here. Can I move it here? Should I throw it out completely? I, th I, think, I think it's really great, too, to, to see um, your relationship because computers can be, they can make things larger than they mm -hmm. appear. Sometimes you don't know where your bleed space is. So having a physical copy of that allows you to mm -hmm. see where that is. Yep. Yeah, I'll, whether I'm doing pencil line or ink line, I always do my line traditionally, mm -hmm. just because of the way I work. Yeah. There's no right or wrong way to do mm -hmm. it. It's a I mean, matter I, of I've, I've done some. I've done some rough sketches, scanned them in, and then I know where the lines are, and then we're able to. What's important is that you see a sketch that the person who's yeah, going to yeah. do it doesn't really deviate very far from the sketch, that any changes are made in the stage. Yeah, and usually I'll, I'll do more work than will show up on the sketch. When yeah, I did three absolutely. figures for, I just did a painting, and I just threw out the third figure because it wasn't needed. When in doubt, throw it out. It just wasn't needed in the picture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like for instance in this, there's seven alien races in there. I did concept designs, sending back and forth mm -hmm. of character illustrations for every one of those races. So mm -hmm. there was a lot of backstory yeah. to this yeah. cover, okay. but but you know, in the end, once they were designed, then I then I just drew them as the composition mm -hmm. required. So I'll move to the next one's the ink. So it's a little hard to see on that screen, but now all the line work is cleaned up. And I, for the crowd, I used Photoshop to copy them because they were supposed <laughs> to be very static to begin with, very similar, very mm -hmm. exacting. So it really worked for that situation. Yeah. And saved me quite a bit of time. <laughs> then on this one, I colored it digitally. Um, but oh, before that is the color sketch stage. There was no. At this point, there was a couple ideas of what the color scheme was going to be. So I sent the author three color sketches and said, what do you like, what don't you like, you know, basically to get his opinion on it. And the ice is, in this alien race, the ice is green. So this is the one he ended up going for. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. They have to be very, very careful with greens. Green covers tend not to sell very well unless it's a forest or a jungle or something yeah. because they remind people of antiseptic hospitals. <laughs> so that is a very, very pale green. Yeah. And the yellow actually shows up. Well, yellow is a very good cover to have on co covers. Yeah. It, he, it attracts he, the eye. In this case, since he's a graphic designer and he, and he knows about... Mm -hmm. Or he actually sent me the uh, digital, digital numbers for, number for that green. Mm -hmm. Like he had a very specific green that he wanted. That's cool. And then I go to, with digital, I go to what's called the flat stage. This is basically you just separate into flat areas of color, which makes it very simple for selecting. Um, if anybody wants to know, I can later on go into specifically how to flat. It's very useful. You can you can select each area with a single click of the magic wand at a zero tolerance. It, it makes it life much easier. And then I sent him a little style sample because I was doing something a little different with this. So I took a small part of the image, just did a quick sketch, basically a quick style sketch, and showed him that. And he loved it, so I just moved on. And then there's the full cover. This part is cropped off on the bottom, on the cover. I'd like to put in, there was a lot, and at, this is about the most communication you will see between the art director, the facto art director, and the artist. Usually the communication is art director sends description, artist does sketch, the fully rendered sketch. Colors are spoken of at this time any changes are made at that time, then the full art is done. More communication is for special projects. 
Okay, so that's that's all I have for that process, basically. Mm -hmm. um, do you, either you want to talk about your approach, or is it just similar? Sure. My, my, mine's very similar Go in that ahead. respect, yeah. but, you know. Go ahead I mean, and talk depends, about your approach. Yeah, it, it yeah. all depends who, you know, what they're looking for and what we're working with, because it depends on if, they, if it's a... Um, I do, I have, have ventured into the uh, digital world, so that has made a lot of things easier. Um, so I will send sketches of, of digital and then back and forth until we come up with the original idea. So. Mm -hmm. You do a lot of communication by sketch back and forth? I, I, I like to prefer to like mm -hmm. sit down and talk to the person and find out what they like. Mm -hmm. That's not always possible. It isn't, it isn't, know. yeah. I'm dealing with people most of the time who are rather distant. Mm -hmm. And you're not even going to call them on the telephone because matching times is difficult. So you're communicating by email or Facebook. And uh, I get a description. Or I get, you can get, if you're doing a book or a magazine, you can get a, as full as the entire book. You can get a passage that you're illustrating. You can get just a statement description. You can get a title which is sometimes difficult to figure out from just a title. And you have to speak, I'm going, before you do a sketch for something that you don't have a rather complete description of, you'd want to say, I am intending on doing this. What do you think of this concept? Back in the day, we used to have to do, for every project, three color roughs. This isn't done anymore. We'd have to do three small paintings of what we propose on the cover, and quite often the publisher take some from column A and some from column B and make our lives difficult. <laughs> then you get down to the ones with one color rough. Now the industry standard is a black and white sketch with discussion of color. With that, I do more fully rendered things, so I'm not going to send people the process I'm doing because it's background to foreground and background to foreground, putting more and more detail in until it's done. Like the important things you want to look for are a visible focal point. Does the focal point attract your eye? Keep black out of the background in general because you want the most contrast at the focal point. So the whites and blacks together. The highest contrast should be at the focal point. I can recommend to you looking at a style of painting called sword and sorcery because it's the most blatant use of contrast. The backgrounds will tend to be misty and as they come into the foreground, the secondary figures will tend to have a darkish gray as their darkest color, a dark mid-tone, and then the primary figures will have the high contrast they enhance pretty much to the maximum level the levels of contrast. You can have anything in between. Yeah, between or in between. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. ba basically that's what they call, especially in landscape drawings, atmospheric perspective. Atmospheric perspective. perspective mm -hmm. Where it's not the perspective where you use all the vanishing points and everything like that. It's about how atmosphere affects color and clarity as it goes away. Mm -hmm. I work for both. American and European publishers, they're different. An American publisher will tend to have the face of the characters prominent. A European publisher will rarely to never do this. English publishers, they want the back of the head, they want the person to um, impose themselves onto the character. Can I be this character? So they don't want the character particularly visible if the character shows at all, and they will tend to have a lot of landscapes with atmospheric perspective. They would like to show the atmosphere and the mood of the book more than a scene of violence from the book or things. So it depends on who you're working for, too. And go look at styles. Come to the artist with a style. Yeah, that you like. Yeah, yeah. You, you can just go mm -hmm. on Google and, sit and look mm -hmm. up pictures and say, I like something towards this mm -hmm. this style. If you already know who the artist is beforehand, you can go to their website and say, I like like yeah, this Facebook piece. Facebook page, mm -hmm. website, just look and say, this, this piece, I like this piece, I like this piece. 
One guy I started working with, I like so many pieces on your page. <laughs> I was like, that's really nice to hear. Yeah, right, like, right. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> and and that, is, that is important, too, because mm -hmm. sometimes we do, we do, like we said this last time, we do vary in some styles a little bit. Mm -hmm. And we're like, if that can, if that can give us what you're looking for mm -hmm. by giving us, by looking at example of our work and saying, that's the piece that I'm, that's the piece that I'm drawn to. And that's kind of the way I would like mm -hmm. that style. It doesn't have to be that character. It doesn't have to, but that style is very helpful. It gives us to know where, where we're at. I've had things like one author I work with, um, actually famous goes uh i was drawing dragons for him he says no not that dragon no not that dragon doesn't look like that he went to my page i want one that looks like this <laughs> okay we'll draw that dragon <laughs> I, I actually just did a um peanuts thing and mm -hmm. uh, they were all um they were the peanuts had to be mixed in but he wanted um rock stars like billy joel and all that and he wanted them in the peanut style so I was taking each one and going, okay, what do you think about this one? But I was kind of changing the style up. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, what about bringing style from like classic art? Like if, if you have a, a, somebody who comes to you and is like, oh man, I want something with like lots of darks and then like a really bright foreground and he hands you like a Caravaggio. Carver Michelangelo Marisi yeah. del Caravaggio. I love like, him. It, but is that okay. permissible? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, my art isn't going to look like Caravaggio. But <laughs> mine might. I have done things that look in that style. But yeah, the Italians I mean, are big on that. A, a, <laughs> a lot of artists have are big fans of Renaissance and mm -hmm. and other such eras of painting. Oh, my God. That guy's rapier was four and a half pounds. And he fought off three guys. He was one of the greatest rapier duelists of his time. But, yeah, <laughs> but that's I beside mean, the point. <laughs> <laughs> little trivia, right? Well, most of us will will have a, a big uh, appreciation of fine art, so we will be fine with that. Now, let's say, <laughs> so it's not like insulting. Why did why no. did Caravaggio do that the way he did? Uh, it, I know why. I mean, that's because it's beautiful. <laughs> did the dark backgrounds? because it's fast because he had more time for drinking and carousing and this is not a joke carousing, carousing. he caroused everywhere and that's eventually what killed him too much fun and his dark backgrounds were done to get away with like shorter painting times because he'd spend the time painting the beautiful girls who were the prostitutes across the street and um, then didn't have to paint the backgrounds if he had it dark and had things coming out of the background. So this is great if you have yellow lettering. You can do this. This works. I've done paintings like that. But bear in mind, uh, the black, too much black in the printing process, your printer may not be able to handle it. You have to have a good printer to work with that. <coughs> yeah. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just because it's dark does not mean it should be black. Oh yeah. Like there's dark browns, there's dark purples, like the, the background in, in this. The background is purple. Here, it's mostly purple. Yeah. That's so the blacks can be in the foreground mm -hmm. and actually yeah. attract your eye. Even if the background is like burnt umber and blue mixed together, making a Payne's gray, it's a technical color. It's not true black. If the true black's in the foreground, that's gonna attract your eye first. The printer may not see it that way. The printer may turn it black, so you have to be careful. You're not gonna be using the best printers in the world as a gaming company. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say, I, I realize that in every project there, there, there's, there's gonna be a slightly different balance, but um, I, I'm, I'm certain that, that to have some creative uh, expression in it, you, you don't want someone to say, this is what I want down to this millimeter, and if you move off of that, that's, it's going to destroy the entire picture. But I, at the same time, I know, I would imagine that it's very frustrating to have somebody come up and say, oh, I just want some picture. Can't you just do something and have you give you no guidance? Yeah, and then to say, no, I want something like Yeah, then this the guidance after comes after out, right? <laughs> the guidance comes out as soon yeah, as you've yeah. done it. You have to be careful. Uh, I'd, yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd like to say that hasn't happened to me. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. happened to me recently, but too. That, yeah. that is where the thumbnail stage comes in yeah. real handy. Yeah. Um, and, but and, and, it, doesn't, and it doesn't always work. Like, I've had some recent work where he's I sent him 
sketches, like full rendered pencils. And then I go to ink, and he's like, "But I don't like that pose. It's a little too slacky." I'm like, "Told me that before." I right, right. That. And 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 that's where you get into like fees for doing a piece again. Mm-hmm. I had one with you know I did I did a piece. I did some changes. And he says, "I don't know, How about we try it with a dark sky and more action?" And it's like, "No." How about I not work for you? And he changed his mind quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no. How does that impact cost? Hmm? How do you price out like projects cost? The project cost, well, if you're a person and you give a clear, uh, we did this this morning, how to reduce mm-hmm. costs. If you give a clear description, you make changes on the sketch, you have a firm deadline, you don't make changes on the final, and you give a long deadline, your price is going to be a lot lower than a person who is, I don't know what I want. Now I know what I want. I want to make changes. You're not going to get people to work for you again. And all the artists talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every every artist will likely have something in their contract about revisions, mm-hmm. number of revisions. Mm-hmm. If it's a minor change, I don't care if yeah. it's a minor change in the sketch. Yeah, yeah. It's like but if thing. it requires me to redo a large portion of the piece, you're going to get charged more. Yeah. I, it's it's almost like it's it's basically just doing redoing redoing a new piece. Yeah. Because you know that's just. From like the artist's perspective, like how do you calculate how much you're charged? It depends on how much we're getting. To be honest, it could be up to a hundred percent again if we have to do a whole you know effectively another piece. Mm-hmm. I try. I charge by difficulty of piece, and difficulty yeah. is per, difficulty is a personal thing. What's difficult for me may not be difficult for him, and vice versa. I think that's and probably you why you you see sometimes the difference in levels because some things are easier for other people. Because everybody has a different, you know, special talent that they bring to it. Yeah, something something that they do a lot, and they yeah. Like if you draw some the same thing over and over again, you're gonna have a much easier time doing that mm-hmm. than something you've never done before. How fast can you do a piece? And really, how long is the deadline? Is so important because yeah. how much of my life do I have to drop to do your project? So re- revisions, mm-hmm. I usually tell them depending on what That's stage awesome. of completion. Mm-hmm. So if I feel it's if they make me redo something and I feel it's I've half done it already, they're going to pay for that half and then have a this the whole fee again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would drop the pro if they don't want to do that, drop <coughs> the project because yeah. it's like you're not going to work for them again because they want too many changes in the final. You should know what you want if you're if you're a not an artist and on the product end of it, decide what you want, have a clear vision. If you don't know, talk to the artist. They'll mm-hmm. make some suggestions. I, I, it's important too. I don't don't feel uncomfortable saying if you don't like like a position in this in the sketching oh, yeah. stage. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I I think sometimes people are afraid to. In, That's to a think great They're point. insulting. They're That's insulting you, and no. you're not really. Yeah, you're not you're saving it's, us time. On the yeah. Back. Oh my and God! I end, hate that. You know, it's <laughs> like <laughs> okay, yeah. Just, yeah, just yeah. Be honest. Like you're like. You're paying for it, so yeah. <laughs> when that when that w- before we get this, yeah. yeah, one of the things you're most likely to get insulted on. Not, I don't take it personally. Is uh, dragons? Everybody has their own unique vision of a dragon. I've been called stupid so many times for not knowing drag. All dragons are green, red, have wings, don't have wings, have horns, yeah. have pointed tails, have, have pointed tails, are fat, <laughs> are skinny, are striped. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot. Everybody of has this personal vision of yeah. a dragon, and you draw a dragon. Are you totally stupid? Don't you know all dragons look like this? <laughs> and that's, when you, and that's yeah. when you say, just send me some photo reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's go where take a picture of a dragon. Well, yeah. I said fortunately. <laughs> After all this time, I've drawn enough dragons. They just go look. Look, I want one that looks like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. 
what, what your client is looking out of, trying to get out of you? Because you guys touched on it a little bit, but um, to, to get a better idea about, if someone gives you a very vague prompt, do you guys have mm -hmm. kind of prompts to help get more, uh, more out of them? Yes, yeah. sometimes it doesn't work at all. Yeah, when, when, when I get something very vague, they're getting a lot of thumbnails. Uh -huh. Okay, so <laughs> uh -huh. yeah, I try to refine them as much as possible because my thumbnails are usually very, very rough. Yeah, but I try to Sometimes refine them so in the they corner. can see. Like, this guy, is scrap you paper and napkins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I was like, ah. Your own reference images, like of, like I know you said reference your website, but do you ever draw like public images or images from the web to the client to kind of say, is this what you're looking for? Is this what you're looking for? Sometimes the client will send me images okay. from the yeah. web yeah. and yeah. say, I'm looking for something, you know, I'm looking for a person who looks like this. I've had people say, I want somebody who looks like this guy on TV, but mm -hmm. okay, but we can't do him exactly. Yeah, yeah. Somebody mm -hmm. in that style, you know. I want John Wayne, but he's going to kind of look a little bit like uh, Dudley Do-Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd rather have them send me than talk, dance around. I'd rather have you send me a picture of Cary Grant and tell me do somebody who looks vaguely like Cary Grant than dance around it forever. You know, we're not going to copy him. We're not going to uh, enforce copyright, no matter how much you would like that. But I'd rather have you give me something to go off of. I want somebody who looks like this actor or actress rather than nothing. Yeah, mm -hmm. a, if, if a client doesn't give me enough, it's going to be basically me asking a bunch of questions uh -huh. and sending some sketches until they do give me enough. Right, right. As artists, how do you guys avoid getting pigeonholed into specific styles? We were talking about like if I do a specific style, like a, if I'm more of a cartoonist, but I'm looking for something that's a little bit more realistic, how do you cater to that as artists? Like, do you use their work to kind of, um, to strengthen your skill? Is that just like your own time and, and you're not gonna use the client to do that? Like, how do you sort of I, have, I have a unique method. If I wanna stretch my body of work mm -hmm. with a new skill, I will give a new client a discount to allow me to do work in this style mm -hmm till I can make a portfolio. Basically, I have three or four pieces <coughs> in that style. So I have another reference point to sell my things that I have done this type of work. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have yeah, I have a few different styles and I'll have a body of work of all of them. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've, it's pretty much you talk to the clients and they want a certain look. Mm -hmm. So I've done some some hyper-realistic pencils and some cartoony stuff. You know, <laughs> it, it depends on what the client needs. And I've, I've had no problem with getting pigeonholed. But I have no problem with getting pigeonholed because there's so many clients out there. You can mm. basically, if you want to stretch your style or do a new style, you just find another market. client. Yeah, you yeah. find another market and say, I'm going to do like a mm -hmm. bunch of this. Yeah, because, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I do, we have a group that kind of hangs out. We do a lot of creative things. And um, we have like a, gallery thing we all get together we show off for, our, for for that month and i'll try to push it i'll go okay let's let's do this because it's it's fun and mm -hmm. it, you never know what it ends up being in your portfolio mm -hmm. you know i do anything from paper mache to mm -hmm. you know no, that would <laughs> painting be nice to, to you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my one uh my one non-commission thing that i do is every week that i can which is most weeks i go paint live portraits Ah, yeah. Because I find painting people keep the skill of painting people from yeah. life is so important. It allows me to paint people very, very quickly mm -hmm. and accurately. And if I don't do that, your chops go down. Okay. Yeah, yeah I go to life drawing a lot as often mm -hmm. as I can. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of figure drawing, mm -hmm. so it, it helps. And my landscapes, I haven't, I haven't been as good with landscapes in the past. So I went to the park and I drew plain air. Plain air. Yeah. Um, and I did mostly pencils then, and now I've started to paint mm -hmm. to work to move into color live. Sometimes, uh, uh, as artists, we like torture ourselves. We're like, well, let's just push our way and <laughs> see if we can do this. If you do so, plain air, if you yeah. learn that technique, if you learn even Bob Ross, don't laugh at him. You can do a background in two hours, and it looks like a photograph. Because mm -hmm. a plain air painting is like boom, all these techniques 
for doing a photographic background really, really fast, and it's usually lower contrast, and you can have the high contrast figures next to it. So it's, these are all skills you really need. Even if you're doing an alien landscape, you still can do a plain air of it. Yeah, when I when I go to to the woods and I draw, I'm like, oh, that kind of looks like a fairy tale setting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me turn that squirrel feeder into a like a wishing well. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like mm -hmm. you know, just do it on the spot and get reference for the well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Okay. So yeah, it's like you never know. But these are I. I have very little free time, <laughs> but it's like I I use the free time to keep up my chops. That I'm yeah. not relaxing. So. Yeah, when, when I'm not busy working on projects, I'm drawing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so you mentioned uh, large market out there. So uh, from the artist's perspective, how do you guys find new clients? Um, Depends on your field. Here is really good. This is a good <laughs> place. Yeah, conventions, putting stuff out there. Uh -huh. Conventions are yeah. a good place to find new clients. I've actually been in the clients find me I have a Facebook page and now clients are recommended by other of my clients go look at the Facebook mm -hmm. page you it used to be back in the day do you remember the days artists had to carry around a portfolio and show samples my portfolio is online I can carry it on Kindle I can show people mm -hmm. samples it's so much easier now and if they want to see I just say go to the Facebook page Facebook pages are so you know yeah. you carry a business card go to the Facebook page look at the albums same for them. Go, you know, websites are a little twentieth century now, but I mean, and yeah, everybody, almost everybody has a smartphone mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. There's no reason you shouldn't have JPEGs of your best work on it. And even if they don't have a smartphone, they have a computer. Yeah. If they're doing this sort of work, you have a computer. You wouldn't be a publisher if you didn't have a <coughs> computer. Mm -hmm. So you can go and look up the work. You can grab images you like. I have publishers, they go, I want something like these images. They just grab them off my website, but it's more useful than not knowing or talking the pictures. Yeah. I want this style here, I want that style here, I want a person who looks like that. Postcards mm -hmm. are big again. Mm -hmm. uh, just make up a postcard with your contact info and, mm -hmm. and a handful of pieces on it. It's really big right now. I went to a LuxCon a couple years ago, which is an illustration convention in Pennsylvania and we, we, we're talking like all the, all the Vallejos were there mm -hmm. and we're talking like up-and-comers are there and like everywhere in between and pretty much everyone there had a postcard mm -hmm. yeah so that's you can carry several samples and hand it away with that even if you have a business card you have an image yeah. if you're an artist put an image on your business card on half you can go to Vistaprint get an image on one side your information on the other and have make sure you have your uh, online portfolio on there so. uh, what else do you want to know about the artist process how to f how to finish the work when you do that when you do that then it has to be shipped to the publisher Okay, so the publisher also has to s decide in what format mm -hmm. they want to receive this work. Which so often is determined by the print house, even. Yeah, the printer, yeah. 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 So you have to ask your printer, what do they need to do the printing that you want? Do you have a graphic designer who will do this and put the cover on? Are you the graphic designer? Usually, industry standard is 300 dpi at least, but the file size pretty much depends on the printer and what use you want. If you're just doing uh, like online, Amazon, Lulu, it's smaller. If you're doing a print copy, it's bigger. If you tend to make posters of it, it's really big, the file size. So that's determined by your graphic designer mm -hmm. and the printer. And let your artist know what, <laughs> mm -hmm. which, what, what you're yeah. wanted in, because that then we can make allowances for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as as artists or designers, whichever end you're on, know what your dimensions are in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Oh God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ratio. I'm sorry, yeah. this book wasn't seven by ten; it was five by eight. Oh, thank you for telling me now that I have all this going. <laughs> in the way. It's. It's much harder to adjust something in the end, yeah, mm -hmm. if possible, mm -hmm. than it is to do it in the beginning. So 
You, right, 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 right. Yeah. If yeah. it becomes a skinnier book, like a paperback is typically five by eight, and you tell me it's a trade, I may have elements I don't want to lose there. You better hope I did it on a bigger board and can, like, ex yeah. put excess sky on. I something. mean, if yeah. in the beginning you know you're going to have it in three different size proportions, I'll take that into account, and I'll make a little... Uh, a little diagram I'll, I'll do it in illustrator but um, of all the different size proportions and make sure my live area is what fits all of them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have one book uh, well it's not a book wraparound cover paperback um, online and audiobook which is square and it had to look like a cover in all those formats so you know it, yeah, that can be tough <laughs> No, it's actually do a square focal point and extend no, out sense. from there, you know. You just have an interesting image on the right, wraparound. Right. Yeah, the, 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 but that, a lot of sky for the paperback and the Kindle. But you were saying the most important aspect was Was the a squarish. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like that, that's what you want to focus. That's mm -hmm. what you want to tell your artist, this is, my, this is where I want it to be because you've already taken into account that it's going to be this size, and then it's going to be this size. Yeah, this size for that, and then it's got to have an in a wraparound, which you don't see much anymore, has an interesting mm -hmm. image on the back. I have had clients change things from rectangles to square on me midway. Yeah, that's a tough one. It really, really sucks. <laughs> Luckily, like, the, the composition of the, the piece... Mm -hmm wasn't that hard to adjust mm -hmm. and I was on an earlier stage okay but yeah, <laughs> but they you know if that got in past the pencils that can be really really time consuming oh it's a card paint I'm sorry this isn't a horizontal one this is a vertical one yeah. oh <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry the graphic designer now has it as a square shape I'm like mm -hmm. Yeah, the card the, the card beginning. business was yeah. <laughs> very strange that way. They could say, oh, all of a sudden our cards, oh, this type of card is now vertical, so just change it, you know? <laughs> so it helps if you have the ratio set and don't change it at the beginning. And uh, if you're doing a magazine, there's other things in uh, addition, because you don't want two blue covers in a row. So every month, the basic color has to be different. Mm. Every product you do, if you're doing, a role, say, a role-playing game and supplements, you don't want them all to be purple unless that's your thing. So you want to have variants in the background color so people can tell your products are different. If you have all the same background color, they might mistake this month's product for last month's product especially if their names are similar. It's, you know, the, the Crown Castle series of adventures, you know, and, oh, this is a blue background, this is a blue background with the castle, this is a blue background with the castle, and they won't notice that all the figures in the front are different. So you want to have them look <coughs> radically different. But have a, your title should be the similar element, and the, comp the composition may be a similar element or may, may not be. Mm-hmm. Are there any other questions? Um, so, like, for a good recap uh -huh. with the process, you should always at least have a sketch stage. A description uh, stage. A, a mm -hmm. description <laughs> stage. <laughs> if that description needs more, then you do th send them thumbnails. Otherwise, uh, a pencil stage, mm -hmm. a color sketch stage these days, I feel, and, a f and the final. Yeah, I've been when I do ink, I have a pencil and an ink stage because I don't. If I'm going to fix the inks, I want them mm -hmm. fixed right away. You know. Yeah. Or the variant of it, the description stage, the the going back and forth talking about the description stage, which can replace the thumbnail for non-visual people. It's often helpful. The sketch stage, talking about colors, establishing your your color, this will be this color, this will be warm, this will be light, this will be this, what do you want, what do you think of these colors? Often the colors come in the descriptions, because they want, you know, I'm not saying a green dragon, the, so your, your whole color thing is based on that. And the final. If there's any confusion in the middle, make sure you just ask them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's better to ask early than have a product you're not happy with. 
and don't accept anything you're not happy with. Don't say, oh, well, it'll get better in the final. No, it won't. Mm -hmm. change, you know, change it there. Make sure the artist understands what you want. Yeah, and the artist isn't going to want to put an inferior piece out there. Right, right. That shows bad on you. Mm -hmm. You know, and it makes it, it makes it harder for future jobs. Yes. You don't want to put a bad piece. Said out there. before, gaming clients are good. Gaming clients tend to be repeat clients. We want to please the gaming client. We don't want to take too much money and run. We want to have a steady customer base is better. So you're going to get good deals. You're going to get honesty, and you're going to get a good product if you treat the artist with. Like we were saying, just to prove the sketch. No need to end early. Uh, you guys don't have any counting. Okay. Okay. Well, we <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you treat, if you ha set up good communication with the artist, you'll have somebody working with you trying to make your product better and would rather have repeat business than, you know, a one time shot. Yeah. As an artist, come up with a process. Mm-hmm. There are stages you should do, but if you want to get the same results consistently, mm -hmm. come up with a process that you do. Yeah. As an artist, never get the description and send the publisher the final. Mm. Um, the, there is exceptions for your friends, but you yeah, really yeah. don't, no, don't do this. Well. It's a bad idea for somebody you don't know. Always do a sketch stage. Mm-hmm. And if it needs a design stage, like you're designing an alien like him, mm. before you do the sketch, I'm going to do an alien like this. Does this look like your alien? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I did, uh, yeah, I just did little sketches of most of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's important to realize sometimes that we bring our own stuff to it, like the dragon thing. It's yeah. always, everybody has their idea of what a dragon looks like. Yeah. Everybody has their own idea of what an alien might look like. They're alien. So if, if we don't get that message, mm -hmm. then your alien's going to look like probably what we decide. <laughs> let's face it. People who are writers are often not the most visual people in the world. That's why they're writers. They're coming to artists to be visual who are also not the best at using words in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Actually, I have, I have a friend who is a reporter, and she, she makes that comment very well. She goes, I don't know. And she's, she, she writes for newspapers. She writes, for, she writes books, and she's like, I'm not visual. Yeah. <laughs> they can't think. Often I'll, somebody will say something, and I'll do something. Oh, that looks much better than what I thought of, because you're just not a visual person. But so I could never write like she does either. So. <laughs> so if you give the artist a little leeway, you might get a better product than you. You'd be surprised with it. Yeah, and like sometimes what I'll do is if the client asks for something very specific, I'll, I'll do sketches of that. But if I think something will work better, I'll show them that as mm -hmm. well. And they get their input on it. Mm -hmm. Any more? Okay. Well, Did anybody I have any questions? Or? I hope we told you something that you're supposed <laughs> to get. <laughs> Good. I'll throw these things. And if out. you guys have any questions, you can. We'll be we'll be around for a while. So. Yeah. Scott and I both have tables in Artist Alley right by the waterfall. <laughs>